A lot gets made of Joseph's righteous decision to divorce Mary quietly in this reading. He assumed that she'd gotten pregnant by another man, but didn't want her to be stoned, which was the legal penalty for adultery. I have to wonder if Jesus thought about his mom when he stepped in to protect another woman from being stoned for adultery later. The point is, Joseph is supposed to be a good guy because of this. What I want to focus on today, though, is Mary and her situation. I feel like I can relate to it just a little bit because by the time you're hearing this, I'll be 37 weeks pregnant at the end of what's been a little bit of a complicated pregnancy. Obviously, Mary's situation is much more complicated than mine, to say the least, but I think that the first-time mom fear is a universal thing. You know that everything is going to change. Your body is going through all these things that you really can't understand and you don't know how you'll recover from, and you're constantly reassuring yourself that you're doing this for love. But that feels really abstract and like almost imaginary compared to the physical, material anxieties that are right in front of you. Those anxieties and the intangibility of reassurance were even more elevated for Mary. Think about it. If Joseph isn't righteous, she gets stoned to death. The righteous option is that he quietly divorces her and she's left poorer than she already was. She's trying to care for this child alone without a spouse and isolated from her community for having a child without being married. And that's not to mention that, one, she's like 13 or 14, and pregnancy and childbirth are incredibly risky in the first century. She could very well die. And if her child survives, he might not have another parent to take care of him. All that Mary has to lean on here for comfort is the angel's reassurance to be not afraid. I gotta say, Mary must be a woman of much greater faith than I am, because if an angel said that to me and then departed from me with the good option being left alone to raise a child, I would have some choice words for that angel. I think that the genuine fear that Mary must have felt here gets lost in a lot of our oh clement, oh loving, oh sweet virgin Mary, silent night stuff. All is not calm. All is not bright. I want to jump back to the first reading now, because here we have someone who also needs to take a leap of faith, like Mary, but in completely different material circumstances. We have Ahaz. He's a young, foolish king of Judah. He worships false gods. And Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets of all time, is trying to convince him to believe in the true God. God speaks to King Ahaz through Isaiah and tells him very directly to ask for a sign. But Ahaz knows that if he does, and if Isaiah's God pulls through, he'll have to believe. He'll have to change his ways. And he doesn't want to do that. I kind of get that. I know that I'm a person who really needs to grow in humility, but I always shy away from praying for it because I know that the way God helps us grow in humility is by humiliating us. And I'm scared of that. So Ahaz says no. He makes this very pious sounding excuse that he doesn't want to test the Lord. But Isaiah and God see right through him, and Isaiah responds by delivering one of the most important prophecies in scripture. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. 
as if to really hammer home that Mary and Ahaz are foils to each other, Mary holds on to that promise. She literally risks her life holding on to faith that this prophecy is true and is about her, while Ahaz, living his very comfortable life, ignores it. He never comes around. Now let's go back to Joseph, our righteous friend. How do we read his decision here? Thankfully, the gospel reading doesn't end with him making the righteous decision to leave Mary. Instead, he has this famous dream. God tells him, through an angel, not to be afraid of marrying Mary because her child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And this child is the Emmanuel that God promised through Isaiah. I have to wonder here whether Mary had tried to tell Joseph this before, or whether she stayed quiet and just hoped that God would take care of it. If it's the former, if she tried to tell him, then the parallels with the Passion and Resurrection narratives are kind of astonishing. So we have Mary, and in the case of Easter, the other women too, holding on to faith through some truly horrific events, not running away through any of it, and when they try to tell the men the good news that ultimately happens, that God is becoming incarnate or that God incarnate has returned from the dead, the men don't believe them. They have to be told by God themselves in order to believe. Now, if Mary didn't say anything to Joseph, then I think that that silence and waiting on God to convince him was probably really carefully discerned on her part. Her being quiet out of fear does not jive with the Mary who we see through the rest of this pregnancy. This is a woman who prays the Magnificat. She's in a terrifying situation, but she's holding on with all of her strength to her faith and to God's promise. She already knows that Joseph thinks she was pregnant by another man and that she may have to face consequences for that even though she doesn't deserve them. So, what's our takeaway here? I think it's this. No matter whether Mary had tried to convince Joseph or not, Mary is relying 100% on faith. She has no reassurance from any person that she won't be killed or that she'll survive childbirth or that her child will be provided for. And in fact, the opposites, those material anxieties, seem very likely. The Ahaz story underlines for us how hard it is to have faith even for somebody who isn't remotely under those pressures. But Mary, like every new parent in the face of very imminent physical and material fears, is still holding on to faith in the intangible thing that's been promised to her. That she will have a child who will be a sign to her and to the world that God is with us.